Hi, my name's Roy Thompson. I'm Head of Financial Services here at Carpenter Box Financial Advisors. Our team supported people with retirement planning for a good number of years. We've got a vast range of experience and we'd like to use this podcast to share our experiences to help individuals make good planning choices around retirement. The Retirement Gym Podcast by Carpenter Box Financial Advisors. In this episode, I speak to John White of Equity Release Sussex. John has over 20 years experience in the equity release market. I'm finding that when speaking to clients, they're starting to consider the value of their house as part of their retirement planning. And they're looking at how they can leverage that house to meet some of their uh, objectives through retirement. So the uh, meeting or the interview in question was really insightful. uh, And I hope you enjoy listening to it. So good afternoon, John. Thanks very much for joining us. So uh, nice to see you and welcome to the retirement gym. Thanks, Roy. Good afternoon. So, John, we, we uh, perhaps got you on the series here just to, to look at the notion of equity release. You've got 20 plus years experience in this area, as I understand it. So I consider you a knowledgeable man in, in, in this regard. Equity release can mean a number of different things to, to different people. In short, do you perhaps want to just give listeners a, a, a take on what we mean by equity release and the sort of work that you might do on a daily basis? Yes, of course. So equity release from a regulatory point of view is the use of your property to release funds to do any legal purpose effectively over the age of 55 um, and it's uh, property backed. So properly using your property, the money is tax free and there's largely two main forms. One's called a reversion plan and, and that is where you effectively sell or exchange part of the house value now in return for a uh, typically a lump sum of money and then that uh, lender will own that percentage share of your house forever Um, and then the more common one 99% of the market is what's called a lifetime mortgage and essentially in its very basic form it's an interest only mortgage as you may have now or may have had in the past Uh, the difference is there's no assessment of affordability there's no term um, and uh, traditionally there's no payments of interest to make and it's repayable ultimately on the final death or person going into care. Yeah. So so what we might say is that the, the ultimate repayment of the debt is a roll-up of the interest plus the capital that you borrowed initially, uh, and it's just extinguished when you eventually pass away. The remainder of the property value would be yours to distribute as part of your estate. Yeah, and, and that's a very good point, Roy, because uh, there's a, a common misconception that you're effectively giving up your whole property from the outset. Um, and, and that isn't the case. As you've rightly said, it's whatever interest and capital that you've accrued to that period. So if you only live a short period of time, you'll have only accrued a smaller debt than you would have do if you go for 20 years. Yeah. So I seem to recall, or I certainly know from dealing with clients on a, on a regular basis, that you know historically the equity release industry perhaps had... I don't want to call it a bad rap, but there was some real misconceptions out there. Um, my understanding is that products have become more flexible over the course of the last, let's say, six, seven years. Um, and that's been beneficial to the consumer. And there's been more competition coming into the, the market in terms of providers. Is that an accurate statement? And how, is that, how have you seen that unfold with your years of experience? Yeah, I think a bad uh, rap is probably being kind to the industry, if I'm honest. Um, back in the 1980s, there was no regulation and, and things were very different. 
product innovation has been part of that. Self-regulation has been part of that. And then obviously actual regulation back in 2012, so 10 years properly regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. So you've got all those sort of safeguards that that has. And then, yeah, um, the market has become more mainstream. People recognise it as a proper opportunity to use what effectively is just another asset. And obviously, you here at Carp the Box will know that, being wealth managers, etc. So, um, yeah, lo- lots of different reasons. The market obviously booming in terms of price, prices, values, people living longer, um, and interest rates being lower. Although, obviously, they've been on the upward trend over the last 12 <laughs> months, uh, six months. Exactly. And who knows where that might go. But uh, so you, um, I, I was looking at uh, a piece of information uh, that, uh, or a study that had been undertaken that was looking at people's pension savings. And there's starting to be some evidence where people are save people who are homeowners are saving less into a pension uh, than those who perhaps rent property. And I guess there's a, even if it's a subconscious thing that um, actually, if I'm a homeowner, I'm building up some asset value for my, you know, for my future retirement. Whereas if you're a renter, you're probably, you know, there's probably a strong realisation that you need to build up some form of asset to help secure an income in retirement. So uh, this would dovetail, I guess, into those people who are using equity release loans to in some way fund their retirement. What would you see in your experience of the, the most common uses for equity release borrowing? Yeah, um, the most common ones kind of still remain mortgage repayment. Um, so whether that be interest only or or repayment mortgages, particularly where people maybe decide to retire early or COVID has meant that, um, you know, things have changed in their life and, and they, they want to get rid of that um, large repayment, perhaps that's that's on their monthly outgoings. Debt consolidation continues to to be one of those, Le- less so because obviously pandemic meant people weren't spending as much, yeah. so they're able to reduce their um, their liabilities a little bit. But we still get credit card debt and, and loans and cars and finance and stuff. Often, I must say, caused by children and grandchildren, where where grandparents have been or parents have been helping out. Yeah. Um, so but the then bank uh, of mum and dad. It, it basically, yeah, yeah, bank of mum and dad, bank of grand and granddad. Um, yeah. So, so they'll they'll use it that way, and you know, and their view as well that they would have got the money, or they will get the money in the future anyway when I go. So it doesn't actually really matter. Well, it can do, and I know we're going to come on to that a bit later. Yeah. And then home improvements, stroke garden improvements. We get a lot of garden improvements <laughs> where people need to just uh, make it more manageable for the future. Okay. So they're, they're future proofing their property. So be that new kitchen. Um, you know, different adaptations to the property now, thinking ahead that they might need that. Yeah. Um, bungalows less so, because obviously they're all on the one level, but then it's usually pathways and, you know, higher raised beds. And it all sounds like very simple stuff, but it, it can be quite expensive. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're probably the three common ones that continue in the last few years, well, probably in the last five years, but accelerated by the pandemic. Uh, has been gifting, so yeah. gifting to those children and those grandchildren, living inheritance, we call it in the industry, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then just general other lifestyle um, needs, wants, and that's the other key, it's wants, not necessarily needs. Um, care in the home is a, is a growing area where obviously um, local authorities' budgets and NHS budgets are, are tight um, and people keep falling out of the system 
or don't know how to get into the system, which which is a common problem. So they look to their own finances to deal with it themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and we do a growing amount of that. I guess and- I guess on that point, I can, you know, we see quite a lot of this within Carpenter Box. So we get people who will approach us. Uh, and unfortunately, typically a parent is going into care or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, and of course, if we rely on local authority, um, you, you know, arguably we've got to use our own assets down to a certain point anyway. Uh, so that might be our cash assets. Uh, and then it's important to state that the local authority will seek to put you into a care home. Uh, what we do see is that there is uh, an increasing popularity for people to receive care at home. Yes. And I guess that's what you're talking about, isn't it? So, sort of relief money out of the house that will provide for the ability for someone to receive that care at home rather than going into into a care home which might be something that's you know emotionally far more difficult for those individuals is that is that what you're saying yeah yeah absolutely um i think for most people that i see who are not at that stage you know they really want to see their sales out in that property you know yep. carry me out in the box is a classic line by a lot of my customers so therefore staying in that property as long as possible which has been proven to prolong people's lives as well, yes. um, is, is, is all that much key. And uh, generally where children or other people are involved, they will want to try and make that happen for that person as well. So, yeah, we're seeing a growing number of that. And sometimes it's temporary. So it could only be a year or two whilst they go through the system, the social care system, because it's not the quickest. Yeah. Um, and there's various blocks and uh, hurdles to get over. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things within what you've said there um, that that strike a chord. I I guess if I take them perhaps in in order, um, you referenced about um, kind of flexibility in just in what you've just said there. So, you know, a temporary loan, um, you've referenced about drawdown arrangements to me, certainly prior to to speaking today. Um, So just explain what you mean by that. So the the flexibility that a a common or a, a modern equity release loan would provide, how does that work? Yeah, so the traditional way back when equity releases were typically lump sum only, you take a large amount of money and you either invest it for income or you put it in the bank. Well, obviously, over the last number of years, putting it in the bank is not really an option at 0% or 1% if you're lucky. Um, so the drawdown scheme was born really to allow people to effectively underwrite themselves at initial stage, so say today, for a larger amount of money than they actually need. Um, but with the view that they were going to use that in the future for life events um, or care costs. Um, And that means that the interest that they're getting charged is only charged on the money they're physically drawn as opposed to the total capital, which they would do if they had the lump sum. Um, Now, that's not to say that people don't still do the lump sum option. They do. Um, But the drawdown is 70 to 75% of the market is a drawdown plan. Um, And I think about last... It's about 45, 50% of those people that take drawdown will use more of the money again in the future. Yeah, so a good example, and I guess thinking about sort of things that my clients come across, um, you know, they might have two children that they want to help onto the property ladder. So they might borrow, let's just put some numbers on it, 100,000 in total, draw down 50,000 from the equity release loan to help child number one onto the ladder child number two reaches the point where they want to go onto the property ladder two or three years later, they've got a pre-approved pot to access that other £50,000, but they've only actually paid interest on the the first £50,000 
for the first two or three years until the other person comes on stream. Is that is that right? Is that typically absolutely. how you see it work? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely correct. That's that, and that's a common thing with yeah. multiple children. Yeah, uh, to enable to enable them to do that. Yeah. So, so I would guess that most people are not aware of that sort of flexibility being uh, available. Uh, no, I mean. Not generally, and certainly your old older people. So when I say older people, I'd say you're kind of fifty five to sixty five, maybe even seventy year olds will will often do a lot of searching on the internet and and stuff like that. So they will have picked up strains of this information, but it's often not knowing how exactly it works or the figures around it. Yes, because when you go online, you will get a figure, a calculator. But that will tend to give you the maximum because it then gets you all excited yes. for you to ring up or yeah. for them to ring you. And the realities are often quite different. So online calculators can be quite dangerous. So it's always better to go and seek the advice mm. of an advisor yeah. um, so that you get the actual nitty gritty that's pertinent to you. Because the general principle is the same for everybody, mm. but it the plans themselves can be very different for very different people. Mm. I'm intrigued as well. The other point I was intrigued on from what you said was the notion of people taking these loans to almost convert their house before the problems come along. I'm a strong advocate of this, seeing clients who move into retirement, you know, they've got a property they've loved, that they've bought up their family, they don't want to give that property up. Um, Yeah, actually, it can be wholly inappropriate for for later life you know the rickety staircase the big steps down to the back garden Um, my wife is an occupational therapist and she sees this all the time so you know people who are living in a house which is you know totally uh, or it makes living very difficult as you reach um, later life so yeah I'm I'm, I'm quite pleased that people are approaching for that and I I would guess that that's um, you know certainly a growing area as people want to retain their house yeah, yeah, absolutely. We call it future proofing. Yeah, yeah, so the typical get to sixty-five, retire. Most people's incomes go down, um, and then they just want to do the kitchen, the bathroom, uh, maybe the garden, and and make sure that it's as as good as they think it's going to be mm-hmm. for the future. Other things come along, um, like you know, leveling of pathways and standard stair lifts, and uh, you know, buggies to go around the town and then various other bits and pieces. But yeah, a lot of future proofing is done by by people mm-hmm. when they realise that they can do it because a lot of people n- know what they want to do but don't do it because they don't have the finance to do it yep. when it's actually sitting in the bricks and mortar of their house. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and on this notion of flexibility, then if I if I take an equity release loan with provider A. What happens after a period of time? Can I, you know, a bit like, my, you know, a residential mortgage that we might always be or, or we're au fait with, you know, we might mortgage with, for example, HSBC and then five years later transfer it to Lloyd's. Yep. Is the same sort of rebroking available within the equity release space? Yeah, in short, yes. Um, it is a bit more difficult because... Yep. Often people are not servicing the interest, as tradition would be. Therefore, their debt is increasing. Um, So that can make it more difficult. But there's a growing number of people who are paying the interest because they can. Um, So they've got good pension income or they've got good income full stop, um, but they've got no asset to use. So they'll pay the interest. That makes it a lot lot easier. And the other factors are age and property value. You will get older. Um, and your property value may well increase. And obviously in the South, where we are, that happens pretty much all the time. Not all guaranteed, but it does. Um, And interest rates have come down in this market until recently quite substantially over the years. So I spend probably 50 to 60% of my time re-looking at 
old clients, not old clients, clients have got plans from before that could be 10 years ago, could be five years ago, could be longer. Um, and I get regular calls from clients looking to increase or take more money out, which gives us an opportunity to review the whole thing. Uh, the penalties are longer. Um, so your typical two, three, five year fixed rate, these are fixed rates for life, which is a positive because people know exactly where they stand, but obviously it means the penalty periods are longer. Yep. So typically eight to 10 years will be a penalty period. Okay. Um, but they ratchet down. So there's usually after five years, there's an opportunity to have a conversation as a minimum, yep. um, which any good broker would, would do for their clients. Yep. Um, but yeah, remortgaging is a growing uh, rebroken is a growing area of the market uh, and i guess that's just a question of looking at what penalties would be applicable uh, and comparing that to the improved interest rate that you might be able to achieve so yeah there'll be a break there will be a break even point that we will work out where you will be you know to your more to your benefit yeah. and that could be anywhere from a couple of years to maybe five years yeah. and then it's a case of looking at well okay how old are you are you likely to reach that age you know some quite difficult conversations but Older people are generally quite good at having those conversations. Yeah, we have to face our own mortality at some point. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the older you get, I think that that becomes an easier thing, whereas yeah. younger people tend not to think about it or don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to talk about <laughs> when I was going to die when I was in my 20s. But uh, so is there, I, I guess, you know, having looked at some of the, you know, what I'm hearing from you is really there is a lot more flexibility than there would have been historically. Yes. The uses for these monies through retirement are um, actually quite significant. They can be anything from helping the family, personal indulgence, your own care needs. That is really quite a broad usage. Yes. Is there any kind of key risks, things that you would be saying to people, I don't think an equity release is suitable for you? Is there any times where that comes up, John? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's a, a classic example is where people do have other assets yeah. and choose not to use those other assets. Yeah. Um, now, that's very difficult because from a financial advisor's point of view um, and a regulatory point of view, if you're sitting on, good example, 50 grand in premium bonds, which you've always had and makes you feel comfortable and sleep easy at night, who am I to say that that's wrong? Yeah. But on paper, it doesn't make sense for you then to take £20,000 of an extra lease to do a kitchen. Yeah. Um, so you have to have some interesting conversations with people, yeah. but accept that everybody's different. And £10,000 in the bank to somebody is a lot of money, whereas £50,000 in the bank is not a lot of money to some people. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, the, the, key, the key risk or the areas that we always look at is impact on benefits. So if you've got any state benefits, this is not pen- uh, state pensions. A lot of people think state pensions are benefit. It's not a benefit. Yeah. So, you know, pension credit, council tax reduction, we check all those sort of things to make sure there isn't an impact. Or if there is an impact, what would it actually mean to you so that you're in an overall better position? Um, long-term care, obviously we've touched on care a lot. You know, you take the money out now to enjoy your new car, your kitchen and flying to wherever Barbados, it's not going to be there when you're 75, 80, 85 um, when you're going to have to pay for your own care because the state won't pay for it because you've got a house that's worth half a million quid. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's uh, an obvious one. Compound interest over the long term, uh, even with interest rates of today, will will increase um, over time. Um, and portability. So, like a standard mortgage, uh, a lifetime mortgage is portable, but again, you've got this problem of 
uh, increased debt. Therefore, it's not always easy to move to another property depending on what you're buying. So if you're buying something of a substantially different value, lower value, then you, you might have to pay some of that back, which might not fit with the overall plan that you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and also, often people are wanting to move to age-restricted properties, um, obviously by their nature, are limited to who can use them. Um, but they also have quite high charges and yeah. charging structures to give you that you know that um, security of people around. So they they can be difficult. And also flats. A lot of people will want to move to a flat, maybe ground floor, um, and short leases can be difficult okay. um, because of your age and the lease age. So it's it's portable, but there's quite a lot to take into account. Yeah. Um. And and we have to look at that. And then obviously you've touched on early redemption, so yeah. there may be a a high penalty. So. We'd always try and find out and make sure people are, are looking at least five years ahead to try and think, yeah, I'm going to be here at least five years um, and probably longer because most people that are doing extra lease, unless their health changes or something significant changes in their life, are wanting to stay in the property. That's why they're doing equity release. Yeah. Um, but um, penalties can be a problem. And then the other downside is setup costs. If you're looking to take quite a relatively small amount of money and not have a drawdown, then is it really worth... £2,000 worth of broker and solicitor and lender costs to get a 20 grand kitchen. Yeah, I would I would probably say no, um, unless you can't get credit anywhere else, which is a problem for people. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'd always look at all the opportunities and options for that person um, and then usually build in a drawdown so they've got that future plan B yeah. sort of safety net. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You touch on legals and some of the things you referenced in there. Is there a specialist legal advice that's needed in this area yeah so your standard conveyancing uh, is part of the process but there's an additional overlay which the the, the industry brought in back after the the 80s that you mentioned um, so you have to have an independent solicitor so the lender will have their solicitor you have to have your own independent solicitor who has to see you face to face typically uh, that was relaxed for the pandemic but that's back in place now okay. um, and they have a set of um, standards that the uh, extra release council um, have that they must meet so yeah your bulk standard conveyance won't typically do equity release and indeed a lot of large firms even in Worthing don't do equity release okay. a bit like mortgage brokers don't do equity release and you end up coming to a specialist like me so yeah there is specialist firms that, that do it um, yeah. and do it very well and, and understandably from some of the things you said you, you know what, what happens is you end up getting into a niche area I guess and someone who's got that sort of experience is going to really make the difference in terms of some of the decisions that you'd, you'd make yes um, is there I, I always think around financial planning the best early engagement is the best thing that you can have so if we were planning for children's school fees if you're planning for a particular fund for something if you're planning for your own retirement absolutely the earlier you have those conversations the better you know they're easier conversations to have with someone who's 30 than they are for somebody who's 40 than they are for somebody who's 50 for example sure um with equity release, then, do you find that people kind of knee-jerk into it almost, or do you find that people plan it over the, a period of two or three years, perhaps? Uh, we, we get a mixture of the two, really. Um, you know, the, 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 the traditional concept of equity release being a last resort option still exists to a degree by, by many, um, but it can be used, as you rightly point out, um, as part of a planning opportunity, yep. and that 
you know, at the moment, for example, with stock market, you know, I'm not an IFA like, like Carpenter Box are, but, you know, with um, depressed values in stock markets and pension values, why would you want to be ripping money out of there when you've got a house that's going up in value? So a lot of IFAs and wealth advisors are recognising that now and referring people to specialists like myself to try and get a balance of the three so that you've got those three pots of money that you can access. Yeah. Um, so that definitely, from a planning point of view, um, can be both, can be knee-jerk um, or, or can be something like a, a, a shower moment where somebody goes, oh, actually, yeah, why don't I just use the house? Mm. Um, and the care thing can often be relatively um, you know, unplanned because of the nature of care. Um, but often, you know, I've, I've seen cases where I'll have a discussion with someone today and it might be not for them now or I've said, well, look, you've always got this option. Equity release lifetime mortgage isn't going away. It's a growing market. You've touched on that. So that opportunity is always going to be there. And it can be months, years in the making, uh, literally. Yeah, and I think, you know, from my perspective, deal with a lot of clients who are accumulating wealth for retirement and thinking about their own retirement. That's, a, you know, that's primarily where I, I, I do my own work, uh, you know, and I'm always encouraging them to think of your the portfolio as a whole. You know, that could be a rental property, could yep. be pension arrangements, money in the bank. Um, but certainly that notion of what you might do around your property at retirement is an important part of that conversation. So, you know, the biggest thing that I take away from this is this is a specialist area. It's actually more flexible than perhaps people would think. It's a growing market. And, it, you know, if you think of that as part of your retirement planning, you can use that asset to sort of leverage your own financial goals, be it help the children out, be it convert your property uh, or help with your care needs there is something there for you within the equity release market so um, John thank you for your time today uh, it's been really insightful yeah I would say to people part of your planning for retirement should look at all of your asset base don't simply write off equity release loan and above anything else speak to a professional who's got the right experience and knowledge in the relevant area that you're looking to plan your finances John, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks, Roy. Thanks to John for coming in. Uh, it was really, from my perspective, it was really interesting to to hear him speak. Uh, you can see very quickly from speaking with him that it's a very specialist subject. Uh, I would be very keen for people, if they're considering an equity release, really to take professional advice. It's not something you can do on your own. There's many different facets to it. Hopefully, the podcast helped people understand that. Should you wish to contact John uh, and require further information specifically about equity release, he can be contacted at john.white, which is W-H-Y-T-E, at equityreleasesussex.co.uk. Again, thanks to John for his assistance today. If you require any further information, please contact us at carpenterboxfa.com. Our award-winning team is here to help. We've got many years' experience and we'll be happy to assist you with your matters. 